Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Uh, Today we have uh, two esteemed panelists. I um, know both of them from the, uh, the history uh, back uh, in the days. We used to talk about a lot of different things, <laughs> and I think they are f- uh, phenomenal. They're going to give us some really good guidance on aid and attendance um, survivors' benefits. And first, we have Adam uh, Swantz, who is a Chicago Regional Office Veteran Services Center manager, and we have Tanya Nixon the Chicago Regional Office Claims and Appeals. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about Adam. He assumed the role of the Veteran Service Center Manager, VSCM, of the Chicago Regional Office in November of 2019. In this role, Adam has the day-to-day operational responsibility of 130 employees administering VBA's service-connected compensation benefit. The Veterans Service Center's jurisdiction includes veterans and their dependents in the 102 counties of the state of Illinois, serving over 600,000 veterans and paying almost $2 billion in benefits annually. Sounds like the person you might want to know. Uh, Also, we have Tanya Nixon, who has been serving the U.S. veterans for nearly 20 years. Uh, she s- started at the St. Petersburg, uh, Virginia o- Regional Office in June of 20, 2001 and transferred back home to the Chicago Regional Office in October of 2010. That was our gain. Uh, we, over the years, she has worked in all aspects of the VA disability claims process, including appeals. Tanya lives in Johnsburg, Illinois, with her husband and their one-year-old son, and their dog and two cats. What a crew. It sounds like you're kind of, kind of busy, uh, Tanya. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Just a bit. Okay, so who wants to lead us off uh, to talk about the uh, Chicago Regional Office and the need to talk about aid and attendance survivors' benefits? Yeah, sorry. This is Adam. Um, hey, appreciate you having us on. It's always uh, always a pleasure yes, uh, for us to come in, on the show and share some information. But I'm really here uh, as the supporting act uh, for Tanya <laughs> because she's the the true um, subject matter expert. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna basically turn it over to her and and just be here for uh, for backup if there's if any questions uh, arise or um, anything you guys need from me. But other than that, I'll uh, I'll turn it over to Tanya. Okay, Tanya, let's go. Okay, well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Adam, and thank uh-huh. you for having us on. Sure. It's an honor to get to talk about my favorite subject. Um, well, my second favorite after my son, of course. Um, <laughs> so, so basically, um, as your listeners, I assume, probably know, we sort of have two basic benefits with the VA. You've got your service-connected compensation benefits and then your non-service-connected pension benefits. Um, and as the name somewhat implies, Service-connected compensation is payable when um, a veteran or service member is injured during service or becomes ill during service and has a permanent chronic disability because of that service. Um, Pension is for those who are 
permanently and totally disabled or over age 65 and have um, income below a certain level, but the disabilities don't have to be due to service. Um, oh. Going from, sorry. Okay. Good. Please feel free to interrupt me if you have any questions or anything. Oh, no, no, that's, that's fine. Yeah, just understanding what okay. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, sometimes we have veterans who are in you know, need of, who, who are more ser- seriously disabled, and therefore they need what we call the aid and attendance of another person or they're housebound because of their disabilities. Um, so the, the basic requirements for aid and attendance and housebound are the same, whether a veteran is receiving disability compensation or disability pension, um, the basic requirements, like I said, are the same. So for aid and attendance, um, it, as the name implies, um, they need the assistance, aid and attendance of another person on a regular basis. And this might be due to, say, um, it's frequently due to, say, dementia in somewhat older patients or older veterans, um, possibly a very serious physical disability, for example, diabetes with a lot of complications, or ALS, you know, amyotrophic lateral scler- sclerosis, easy for me to say, um, <laughs> Parkinson's disease, a few, you know, a few of the other diseases or conditions that affect the entire body. Um, they might need assistance with any or all of dressing themselves, um, bathing, eating, feeding, preparing food, um, walking, you know, basically your, your general activities of daily living. Um, again the biggest one um walking eating dressing bathing taking medications um aid and attendance is also payable if a person is bedridden due to their disabilities now this is not just you know i'm hurting today so i'm going to stay in bed this is i actually can't get out of bed because of this disability um so now the difference between the compensation and the pension aspect of it is compensation all these this need for um, aid and attendance of another person must be due to a service-connected disability. Mm-hmm. So we see it more often due to, say, the physical disabilities of ALS, Parkinson's, um, occasionally due to a mental disability, um, but that's less common in terms of just a mental disability because mental is usually more um, if somebody has dementia, which is not as often service-connected. Now, with pension, you just have to have a disability that requires aid and attendance of another person. So it could be dementia that didn't start because of service, but a veteran's in receipt of pension and therefore they're able to get this higher level of care or this aid and attendance. Um, There's also an additional higher level of aid and attendance available only for a veteran who's receiving service-connected compensation, and that is if it requires, if their condition requires hospitalization or nursing home care or would require hospitalization or nursing home care, except that they have a licensed healthcare professional who is in their home on a daily basis to provide that level of care. Um, That could be also due to traumatic brain injury. Um, Now that we do see more often with the compensation cases, unfortunately, these days. But it could be traumatic brain injury or other issues. Um, Again, the higher level, and this is a slightly higher payment, that's only for disability compensation. and then we also have the housebound benefits, which you mentioned, and that's it's a slightly lower level of care required, but it's either uh, what we call housebound in fact, which is where a veteran is literally confined to their house or at least largely confined to their house. They may be able to leave on occasion to go to a doctor's appointment or very brief, very, very briefly for other circumstances, but largely they're confined to their house 
because of medical requirements, not just because they'd prefer not to go outside. Um, then for compensation, there's also what we call statutory housebound, which is it's you don't have to actually be housebound, but you have to have one disability at um, 100%, a single disability rated at 100% disabling, and additional other disability or disabilities that are 60% or higher. Um, so it's basically just, it's our way of sort of granting additional benefits to somebody who is clearly very seriously disabled, even if they aren't entirely bedridden or confined to their house. Um, some of the basic requirements for both the aid and attendance and housebound are that there's a single disability that's at that's rated at 100% or higher, uh, with the idea being that in you know on a general basis, you probably wouldn't need either aid and attendance or would be housebound if you were not totally disabled, which I assume probably makes sense. Um, there are some exceptions. I mentioned diabetes or ALS or Parkinson's. You know, some of the total system disabilities, systemic disabilities, where you know maybe each one, maybe each leg is not necessarily totally disabling, but you've got disabilities affecting your legs, your arms, your mobility, and everything all together combines to 100%, and therefore you'd need aid and attendance or housebound benefits. Okay, fantastic. Um, so it sounds like there really is a lot out there that people can actually, um, you know, sort of look into to see if they qualify for those uh, particular um you know, uh, the benefits and, uh, you know, is, you know, is there a number that people can get in contact with or a website that they should go to? Well, the general number is, um, the, the VA number 1-800-827-1000. And that is our national call centers. Um, the website would be pretty simple just to start out. It's www.va.gov. And then from there, there are different, it's, it's pretty clearly laid out, so you should be able to look for pension or compensation or aid and attendance. I believe there's a search function on the website, too, where you can actually, you know, type in the words if you're not sure exactly which section to go to. Um, and I did, I did neglect to mention, too, there are aid and attendance or housebound benefits available for veterans' spouses or widows, or surviving spouses, I should say, since widows or gen not gender neutral. Um, mm -hmm. So um, um, a surviving spouse of a veteran, if they are in receipt of either dependency and indemnity compensation or pension, um, the dependency and indemnity, and indemnity compensation, um, it's also called DIC for short, that would be if the veteran passed away from a service-connected disability or if they were rated at permanently and totally disabled for generally at least 10 years prior to their death. There are some exceptions um, for POWs and a few other circumstances, but that would be essentially the, the surviving spouse's version of compensation. Um, so if, they're, if, if the surviving spouse is in receipt of DIC or pension and they themselves are either in need of aid and attendance of another person or housebound, they can get those benefits. Um, that, and then also, a veteran who is still alive but has a spouse who is in need of aid and attendance can get an additional benefit for that spouse because of their need for aid and attendance. Um, not a housebound benefit, just an aid and attendance benefit if the veteran is still alive. Okay. So, you know, is there any um, any differences between, you know, I know sometimes it varies by which uh, particular time frame you were in, whether you were a Vietnam veteran or 
you know, OEF, OIF, or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or even World War II, because we still have our brave veterans who are still surviving uh, from that era. Yes. And then the branch of service is, you know, so those do those affect those at all? They do not. Okay. Um, now, the mm-hmm. one, yeah, it's, it's basically, however the disabilities arose, the the um, benefit amount is the same and it's or I should say the benefit amount is based on how disabling something is now so whether it started in 1943 or 2017 if you're at the same level of disability you'd get the same benefit amount Um, now for pension there is a specific requirement that the veteran has to have served at least one day during a wartime period they do not have to have been in the war themselves but they have to have served at least one day during a wartime period, so that would make a slight difference. Okay, so they could so they could be uh, stateside and uh, still completely stateside. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. There's, there's, um, if they served prior to 1980, they have to have just for, to qualify for pension. They have to have at least 90 days of service, one day of which was during the wartime. After 1980, it's two years of service, one day of which was during a wartime. Wow. So, you know, for the, uh, do they have to go to an evaluation process? Because what you were mentioning before, you know, the activities of uh, daily living, you Mm -hmm. know, we call them ADLs, you know. So what what type of uh, evaluation process do they have to go through to determine whether they have that as a, um, you know, as a a, a need uh, that can be Mm -hmm. compensated? So for aid and attendance and housebound, we often don't need to we, don't, we often don't need to have the veteran or surviving spouse go to another examination um, for the reasons you were sort of hinting at there, and that you know they're often they're not able to leave the house very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, we have there's an application form. It's a VA form twenty one two six eight zero or twenty six eighty. It's an application for aid and attendance or housebound, and basically a veteran or surviving spouse can take or or spouse of a live veteran, if that's the case, can bring that form to their doctor or their treating physician and they can fill it out. And it, um, it's, it's a two page form, or I think it's three pages now, but the first page is just admin type stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a brief form where the doctor completes what disabilities are affecting the person right now, what disabilities are causing limitations and then what those limitations are. So for example, if the person is sometimes able to feed themselves, but they can't bathe themselves and why, you know, it's, they have um, peripheral neuropathy to their arms or something, and they're unable to do anything that requires too many fine motor skills, or they're unable to walk, so therefore they can't get themselves in and out of a tub. Um, you know, it goes through all, all the, the general limitations. And I, I don't know if I specified before, but um, somebody does not have to need assistance with every ADL. It's just the, you know, overall, if there's enough of a need enough difficulty with with enough ADLs that we're able to grant aid and attendance benefit. Okay, so you know, you know, cuz you mentioned uh earlier about uh being, you know, um you know, statutorily uh housebound or you know, just being housebound mm-hmm. in general where you just uh, have difficulties getting mobilized, but you mentioned one thing mm-hmm. about and you know, sometimes people are house uh homebound but they um, actually um, have to go to doctor's appointments. So does this cover mm-hmm. th- th- that kind of transportation or, you know, how people um, will interact with that system? 
You mean like monetarily cover the transportation? Uh, no, just like or? you know what type of aids are available. You know, because sometimes people have to um, you know have to be transported to their doctor's appointments. Oh, you know, okay. back and forth. Yeah. Right. Okay. So so this would be not necessarily under the aid and attendance or housebound benefit itself, um, oh, although okay. that is a mm-hmm. it is an additional. It's a higher rate of payment that people would get, that veterans or thriving spouses would get, but it's not a specific allowance for the transportation. However, there are other allowances. Um, we have the auto ad, um, sorry, let's see, automobile allowance um, or, or adapted equipment for the automobile, or there's also um, special home adaptation grants or specially adapted housing. Now, those are those are very separate, um, or not very separate, but those are separate benefits from the aid and attendance or housebound, but oh. they often encompass the same, some of the same disabilities, and so some of the same people would be getting all of those benefits. Um, and I, I won't, I don't have all of them memorized, but essentially for auto allowance or for the, ho- the home adaptations, it generally requires, again, a permanent and total disability of sorts, and some combination of loss or loss of use of lower extremities, upper extremities. Um, for some of them, there's a uh, if somebody's seriously burned or has a traumatic brain injury. Um, again, there, there's that that's a generalization, but it's generally because of service-connected disabilities, they're in need of certain modifications to either a house or a car or sometimes both. So that would be covered by. By those benefits. Okay, so you know. For, and then for, I believe. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, so the, and those are what we in the benefits administration cover. Now there are some, I believe, some transportation authorizations that the hospital, that the VA medical center, is able to arrange. I don't know the ins and outs of those, though. I just know that it is that there are some assistances available. Oh, fantastic! So, 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 so someone who's approaching you. Um, what what advice would you give them, uh, you know, before they uh, sort of apply for the uh, aid and the attendant survivor's benefits? Um, they, 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 I guess they would have to have an evaluation because it sounds like uh, some of the determinations would be uh, dependent on their disability status, and they would have to go through that uh, process of actually submitting a claim and then, you know, being validated as this being service-connected or not. Um, right, yeah. or at least for the for the veterans, not not as much for the surviving spouses. Um, mm-hmm. So it it is it is disability based. Um, my advice would be to be as specific as possible. Um, there are times when I get a form from a doctor, and mm-hmm. I can tell probably this person is going to qualify, but the doctor has maybe just said, "Yes, they need help eating," or "Yes, they need help bathing," but they don't explain why. Um, mm-hmm. And for pension, it's not as big a deal because, again, those dis- pension disabilities don't have to be service-connected. Right. But for compensation, it does matter because, say, they have, if they have multiple disabilities, some of which are service-connected and some of which are not, I can only base the aid and attendance grant or the housebound grant on those service-connected disabilities. So I would need to know, you know, why is it that they're unable to feed themselves? Is it you know, the, the service-connected peripheral neuropathy of the hands, or is it that they broke their arm last week? You know, th- there's there's a difference, and so I do have to have it be as specific as possible so that I can grant the benefit without having to send somebody for an examination. 
Oh, fantastic. Cause it, you know, and can I, I just can I chime oh, in sure. with a yes, you I can. add to that? Sure. Um, and Tanya did you know Tanya did a great job explaining all that, and I haven't processed the claim in, in, in quite some time now. Um, but it's a lot. It's clearly it's clearly a lot of information, right? And there's a lot right. of variables and a lot of different scenarios. So when you ask for like what is what our advice would be to someone would be really to take advantage of your resources. Um, you know, mm-hmm. kids, so to speak, getting out of service now can jump on the internet and they can look up their benefits and, and you know, submit their claim. But folks that are facing the aid and attendance benefit particularly might need some additional assistance. So mm-hmm. certainly we always plug the, the veteran service organizations, um, you know, VFW, DAV, for us here um, in Chicago, the Illinois, uh, Illinois Department of Veterans Affairs, um, or visit the local regional office. Um, because we have folks that that is um, what their primary responsibility is, is to take those walk-ins, people with questions, people that have um, are in need of help filing claims and have questions, uh, we'll, we'll be there and, and do that for them. So um, we've been closed. Um, all the, the regional offices throughout the country closed at the end of March uh, due to the pandemic. Yes. But we are starting to starting to reopen. Uh, so if folks... Uh, are able to visit an RO, um, do that, and uh, get get that face-to-face assistance. Or like Tanya gave the 800 um, number earlier, the 1-800-827-1000, um, that folks can certainly certainly call in. Great, great, because we've been encouraging our veterans to get vaccinated. We just had a show we closed mm-hmm. out <laughs> to make sure that uh, people are getting the COVID. And I know the VA is really at the forefront of uh, you know making sure that our veterans are covered uh, with the vaccinations, which is an incredible um, move forward. And Category 1B actually includes sometimes a lot of these disabilities. Um, so um, making sure people are aware of that. But I just want to thank you, Adam and uh, Tanya, because, you know, I, I know this is a passion for you. Uh, you cannot be in this field without that being a passion. And you probably have so many success stories. We have to have you back on because I, I was going to try to ask about success stories, but you were giving us so much great information oh. <laughs> that I know I know those uh, success stories are out there. And, oh, they are. And, and for people listening, the 1-800-827-1000, that's the mm-hmm. uh, national number uh, to, to yes. get more information. And then also www.va.gov. And then look for, you know, the pension and the compensation sections under that um, heading once you get to the website. Uh, but any last, uh, uh, we have one minute to go, but just any last thoughts from either one of you? <laughs> I think I've covered it all, unless you have something, Adam. <laughs> yeah, Tanya covered it all. Um, like I said, just just re- reiterating, um, we're, we're here to help. Um, I, we have, and again, I'm speaking for Chicago. We have, um, you know, so many employees like Tanya that are not only subject matter experts, but they genuinely care about what they're doing and they care about the mission. Yes. Um, and, and we have our, our outstanding employees vastly outnumber um, any, anyone that, that isn't. So um, and, and, and more than half of our employees are veterans themselves, so truly caring about the mission. Um, yeah. and, well, and God bless you, and serving, thank you. So. Thank you for your, ser- your service to our veterans. And, again, uh, we just were so pleased to have uh, the Chicago Regional Office Veterans Benefit as our uh, established partner. And we are going to take a commercial break. I want everyone to stay where you are. We have such uh, incredible shows coming up for you. But thanks again, uh, both Adam and Tanya.
Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.